Here we are. It is a Thursday edition. Welcome in, everybody. It is Steelman and Thune at noon, brought to you in our first hour, as always, by Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Uh, they'll do a great job for you. Heating and air needs, you need those taken care of at your place. They will do a great job for you, 405-579-3113. I'm at another great business they are big time. I'm talking about Cabins Construction, serving Norman, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, and Stillwater. We are talking about construction, roofing, maintenance, environmental. You have fire issues, water removal, emergency services. They can take care of that for you 24-7, 365 days a year here at Cabins Construction. Mold testing and removal, biohazard issues. They will come to the rescue for you, CabinsConstruction.com. And uh, you can also reach them in Norman, Oklahoma City at 405-573-3048. Tulsa Stillwater, it is 918-282-7612. Parker, how we doing? How's everything? Everything's good on this end, Steely, and I'll tell you what, you'll be very pleased to know that the first text we received on the Air Comfort Solutions text line during today's installment of our show simply reads, Mule Shoe is a Rat. I like that. That's a good way to start. We uh, we may have a mule shoe clip coming up a little bit later, by the way. A little bit later on. I, I got to say, I'm thinking about this game, Baylor and Oklahoma, coming up Saturday, 2 o'clock, ESPN+. Plus. The Sooners are basically a field goal favorite in this game. But this feels like the game. If Oklahoma can put this game in the win column, Parker Thune, I think they're going to run the table the rest of the regular season. If they don't win this game this weekend, Baylor comes to Norman, escapes Owen Field with a victory, then, you know, the question marks come back a little bit. A lot of that depends on, you know, uh, how the game plays out and the margin of victory if Baylor gets it, if the Sooner defense uh, goes south again. Uh, you know, Baylor's a very physical football team. They're well coached. Both teams are five and three. This is a pivotal game for both teams in terms of momentum and getting uh, not only to a bowl game, but a, a good, uh, solid bowl game. Uh, the Sooners, again, if they could get to nine and three, then that would be the case for Oklahoma. And then they could uh, possibly finish Brent Vittable's inaugural season in Norman with 10 wins. But that's not happening, obviously, if it doesn't go in the win column this weekend. I just feel like. The Kansas game was great. The Iowa State game was great. This is going to be a bigger test, and we'll have a, a, a real look at realistically where this Oklahoma football team is. And, look, there's no doubt they're an improved football team, no question about it. But if you win this one, I think uh, I think Oklahoma runs the table, Parker. It does kind of feel that way, doesn't it, Steely? If you're able to get past Baylor, a team that – has kind of been a thorn in your side the last few years. If they haven't outright beaten you, they've played you in a lot of very close football games. It does feel like if the Sooners can forge past the Bears this weekend, they're at the very least going to be favored in their last three games of the regular season. They're going to be in the driver's seat to run the table, provided they don't beat themselves. Now, I understand that things can get wacky whenever you go on the road to Morgantown and certainly whenever you go on the road to Lubbock, but you get Oklahoma State – at home, in a Bedlam matchup that suddenly looks like it's a lot more evenly matched than it maybe would have looked a week ago before Oklahoma State went up to Manhattan and got that 48 to nothing thrashing laid on them at the hands of Kansas State. So, yeah, I think this weekend provides a significant test of metal for this Oklahoma's football team because if you win and you're 6-3 and three and you got West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech to close out the regular season, all of a sudden – you're feeling pretty good 
about your ability to win each of those three games in succession and maybe just maybe sneak into the Big 12 championship via the back door, although that is still a long shot at this point. Yeah, I, I would say that's probably a little bit fantasy island right now. But, again, if they win this game this weekend, uh, like I said, not disrespecting, uh, you know, any of the teams left on their schedule. I'm not saying Morgantown will be a cakewalk. I'm not saying Lubbock will be a cakewalk in the regular season finale. I'm not trying to diss uh, Oklahoma State either. I think Oklahoma State's banged up. If Oklahoma State gets healthy, uh, uh, the Cowboys are very capable of coming to Norman and winning in Bedlam. But if OU wins – and continues that upward trajectory and continues to garner momentum and gain confidence if they win this football game, then I think the Sooners, uh, yes, I think they've got a great shot to finish 9-3. and three. Now, we know that Baylor is a well-coached squad, no doubt about it. Dave Aranda, no personality, but a lot of coaching ability. And I'm sure in different situations, Dave Aranda is not the cyborg that we think he is. But Dave Aranda... At his presser the other day was asked a very interesting question. Here it is. Dave, what is the biggest difference between Brett Venable's Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley's Oklahoma that you faced in the past? You know, I think right now with, um, with, with Coach Venables, I think they're still kind of fine on themselves, which, you know, you could say that about us too over here. And so I think there's, there has been improvement um, these last couple of weeks. And um, they're playing, they're playing hard for him, and so you can see the, um, you know, the inspired play, and then I think you can see, um, you can see kind of a um, a, a defense that has found an identity and is playing towards it, and then you're looking at, you know, offensively, you know, they really ran the ball well this last game, and I'm sure that helped their defense. And so you're seeing kind of a, a collective team kind of emerging. And so I think that would probably be the best way to answer that question is, you know, that, you know, this, this Oklahoma team is becoming right now. And that is our ortho central clip of the day when injuries occur on Friday night, or in this case on a Thursday night, you still have ortho central Saturday injury clinic. It's open every Saturday from 8 a.m. to 9:30 a.m. Free evaluations for high school athletes and their sports injuries. Ortho Central turning setbacks into comebacks. Ortho Central also proud right now to welcome orthopedic surgeon Joshua Wilson, MD. Dr. Wilson specializes in sports medicine. He's currently accepting new patients in Norman and in Newcastle. You can call for an appointment at 405-360-6764. That is 405-360-6764. You know, last year in the Sugar Bowl, Baylor faced a Jeff Levy offense. It was Baylor and Ole Miss. Baylor won 21-7. Now, Matt Corral was not involved in that football game. Obviously, he had uh, you know, been injured, and uh, so you can't really get a great read on that. But we'll hear what Dave Miranda had to say about that situation and how uh, the Oklahoma offense differs from that Rebels offense in the Sugar Bowl last year. And, again, Baylor won 21-7. We'll hear that a little bit later on. So keys for Oklahoma for you, Parker, right now as we're two days away. It it appears the, the P word is being tossed around quite a bit. This is going to be a physical matchup. I was I, I okay. I, I'm glad physical was the p word. I was a little concerned as to where that was going for a second. But this is a family friendly show, you know that, and we're glad for that. We we do do our best to keep it that way. But uh, no, look, 
Here's the reality. Baylor is going to be physical, particularly in the trenches. They're going to try to control the time of possession. They're going to run the ball a lot, especially with Richard Reese. I think for Oklahoma, the keys are twofold in my mind. You have to win the turnover battle. You have to because, you know, at some point, Blake Shapin is going to give you an opportunity to create a takeaway. And you have to be able to capitalize on those opportunities. The Sooners did a really good job of that last weekend in Ames. But they hadn't done a great job of that for the previous four games of Big 12 play uh, leading into that contest. They'd gotten hands on interceptions quite frequently and had never seemed to be able to finish the play. They finally did that against the Cyclones last weekend. Can they do the same against a quarterback in Shapin that has proven to be somewhat turnover prone to this point in the year. And then the other the other thing, too, for me, Steely, is you just can't let Baylor control the flow of the game. If they win the time of possession battle, that's fine. They'll probably do that, quite honestly, because of how their offense operates versus how Oklahoma's offense operates. But there's a difference between controlling the time of possession battle and controlling the flow of the football game. Oklahoma needs to jump out early, establish momentum. Scoring on the first drive would be great. It's something that the Sooners have struggled to do to this point, and we saw it rear its head again last week, right? You struggle uh, to be able to move the ball on your opening possession. If you can score a touchdown on the first drive, put Baylor on their heels from the get-go, this is a team that I don't (laughs) – I don't know if they're engineered to come from behind, Steely. They don't give off that kind of vibe. It doesn't feel like if they get down by a possession or two uh, that they're going to be exactly where they want to be in terms of the game plan. So for OU, it comes down to establishing the game flow early and being able to control that as much as possible for all 60 minutes. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting matchup coming up uh, Saturday. We will be on the air, of course, at 10 a.m. right here on the ref. The home of Sooner fans get it kicked off for you from uh, Balfour uh, on Campus Corner. And, uh, folks, if, you, uh, if you're if you lacking for Sooner gear, well, just stop by and see the crew at Balfour on Saturday because they have everything. Man, I've been getting all my Sooner gear there. Uh, just picked up another hoodie, picked up another cap recently. Anything you're looking for Sooner-related, if you're a big Sooner fan, Balfour is the place to be, and that's where we will be uh, coming up Saturday morning with our uh, pregame show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans beginning at 10 a.m. All right, game plan today. T.J. Eckert will join us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline coming up at 1235, so that's uh, about 20 minutes away. Always love talking to T.J. and getting his, his take. We've got, uh, you know, T- nothing wrong with T.J. Perry. He's a fine T.J. as well. T.J. Eckert, also a really good guest for us. I'm here at uh, Cavens Construction, a great, great, great place. Always like being here. And... Uh, I haven't seen my dog yet, though. Got to see Duke. Got to see my dog. All right, we're going to take a break. Steel Man and Thune just underway. We'll hit the text line and talk a little recruiting when we get back here on The Ref.
That's right. This season isn't closed over yet, Lenny Kravitz. It uh, continues on. Four regular season games left for the Sooners. They can get bowl eligible, which sounds uh, really amazing to say. But uh, that is the reality this weekend with a win over Baylor, and I think that would set this uh, Sooner team on a course to possibly run the table the rest of the regular season. And maybe, and I underline maybe about three times, get to 10 wins uh, on the season. And considering Parker Thune where Oklahoma was uh, when the Sooners left the Cotton Bowl, that would be uh, an unbelievable accomplishment because, you know, there were a lot of us. And, and look, I was in that group, too. I'm like, man, is Oklahoma going to win another football game? Are the Sooners going to win another football game? Now, I've done this so long, man. I, You know, I'm the Jurassic Park guy around here. I'm the dinosaur that I, I have an understanding that when Sooner fans panic and even when, you know, some of us hosts panic a little bit, it's never as bad as you think it is. And it's never quite as good as you think it is. So, you know, I was thinking, well, maybe Oklahoma can win a couple more games. But if they pull this off and uh, run the table and get to a good bowl game and, and get to 10, that's, that's mir- almost miraculous considering where they were, Parker. No doubt. And you know what else isn't over until it's over, Steely, is the recruitment of DJ Hicks because another interesting little wrinkle in that whole experience this morning when the Sooners offered his teammate. Fill us in. Three-star linebacker and current Texas A&M commit, Damian Sanford, who is teammate, high school teammates, and best friends with DJ Hicks. So... Again, this the, the the plot thickens, Steely, and we found out yesterday for certain that DJ Hicks intends to take an official visit with Oklahoma on November nineteenth. So, again, you're starting you you can't help but start to feel a little bit optimistic about where this thing might be headed. Yeah, well, the the news yesterday that he's going to take the uh, visit to Norman for Bedlam. That was encouraging, and then you see that. Um, I, I don't know. You know, we said this is still, you know, it's uh, it, it's like if you're a, a an average golfer, you've still got a, about a, a, a 25-foot pup with a little break in it for DJ Hicks. Uh, what would you put this at percentage-wise right now based on what we've heard the last two days about the DJ Hicks situation? Uh, I, my confidence has increased. I would say, I would say it's still 70-30 right now. In favor of Anna. But again, OU's pulling out all the stops, right? They're getting him on an official visit. They've offered his teammate. They've got their group of commits in DJ Hicks's ear about Oklahoma. There's some teeth to this. There are a lot more teeth to this than there were a couple weeks ago. So this is not a situation that ideally I want to be dealing with up until National Signing Day, but it kind of does feel like this is a recruitment that's going to go all the way down to National Signing Day, regardless of whether or not he stays committed to Texas A&M. Until then, it feels like Oklahoma, increasingly so, is far from out of this. Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, we, we all thought the uh, the commitment, announcement, ceremony, whatever you want to call it, was, was somewhat bizarre. It just didn't look like a real celebratory situation except for the dad who had a big smile on his face the mom looked like all right you guys want me to sit here with you okay dj hicks for a guy who was announcing where he was going to play college football and committing to texas a&m he didn't seem super excited and yeah he sent out you know twitter pics and 
you know, he was on uh, Insta pretty quickly after that. But it just didn't look like a real exciting ceremony to me. So we'll see what happens. I want to throw some other names out there and get your take on uh, these guys that we're hearing about. Uh, Ashton Sanders, Champ Sanders, we've talked about him, the kid from California. Uh, Tell me about Marcus Strong and Jordan Allen. Yeah, so Marcus Strong, fast riser from the state of Florida, six foot five, two hundred and eighty pound defensive lineman. He picked up eighteen offers in the month of October alone, Steely. So this is a guy that was not really registering on many radars until his senior year, but he has heated up in a hurry. OU the biggest offer on his offer sheet right now, thus far. The difference between him and Ashton Sanders, though, is that. The Sooners extended an official visit invite to Ashton Sanders. He's going to OV for Bedlam on November 19th. Right now, nothing of that ilk is set in stone for Marcus Strong. So it does feel like Oklahoma has their sights set on Sanders more so than on Strong. So that's that appears to be where the priorities lie at that position. Then Jordan Allen, we've talked about him the last couple days. Uh, three-star Kansas State commit, legit two-way prospect, could play edge, could play tight end. Sooners like him a little bit better right now as a tight end. They're recruiting him as an athlete, but I do think were they to flip him, he'd end up playing offense in Norman. So that's one to watch. I'm not really going to have a great feel on that recruitment until I get the chance to get up to Olathe North and check in with Jordan Allen, talk to him face-to-face, kind of get a pulse on where things stand in the process for him. But as of right now, he is committed to Kansas State, wants to stay local. Norman is about a five-hour drive from Olathe, which is where he's from. And so we we will see. We will see. Okay, let's talk about the uh, the Dolby kid from NEO, uh, the defensive back. And uh, there was one other kid I wanted to ask you about. Oh, uh, Keyshawn Blackstock. Yeah, so Keyshawn Blackstock, uh, 6'5", 300-pound offensive lineman from the JUCO circuit. Uh, Haven't gotten the chance to check in with him yet, but I have checked in with the defensive back that you mentioned, uh, Kendall Dolby, 5'11", 180 pounds out of NEO, and this is a guy that has quite a few Power 5 offers right now to play defensive back. He's originally from Ohio. Uh, I will say this, there's a very good chance he is a Sooner. And I mean a very good chance. He's going to take an unofficial visit for Bedlam in a couple weeks. Sooners are going to have a lot of visitors at Bedlam, Steely. That list is getting big, and it's getting big fast. Uh, So there will be a lot of visitors in town. Kendall Dolby is one of them. And Oklahoma's trying to set up an official visit for Dolby sometime in the month of December. Just got to be mindful of numbers when it comes to official visits because uh, you can only offer so many official visits to prospects, and the Sooners are kind of strapped right now in terms of uh, how many more prospects they can host on OVs. And obviously guys like DJ Hicks, Ashton Sanders, and the like, those are going to take priority. But uh, if the Sooners can set Kendall Dolby up with an official visit in December, I'm told that is something that they are going to work to do. And as of right now, I would favor OU in that race. So what do you think the uh, the max number, give me two numbers, the uh, the max number that OU would sign, uh, are they at 21 now after 21 Caleb commits. Spencer's decommitment? Uh, and the, the final number, a realistic final number for OU. And, again, what do you think the max number uh, they would take in this class? 
would be? I think they're going to take at least 24 in the end. I think 24 is rock bottom. I can foresee them taking as many as 28. And I would guess more than likely their total class size will fall somewhere in that range of 26 to 28. That's how many guys I foresee them taking. It seems like right now all is quiet on the Vosick front because uh, pretty much Colton Vosick has said, you know what, I am going uh, to not be doing any interviews for a while. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot going through that kid's head right now. But he's remained committed to Oklahoma through all the noise. He's still committed to Oklahoma despite a 49 nothing beatdown uh, from uh, the hometown Longhorns over the Sooners and the Cotton Bowl. Colton Vosick is still on that list. And I, I don't know that we're going to get a, a bunch of information, uh, certainly from the Vosick camp, whether it's Colton or family or whatever. So uh, that's that's going to be a, a – a guessing game. Will that be like a, a big guessing game almost in, until signing day? Yeah, it probably will be. You're not gonna you're not gonna have a reliable, clear cut answer on whether or not Colton Vosick's gonna flip until at the very least real close to national signing day, I would say. Okay, a couple questions here on the text line. Actually it's different iterations of the exact same question. People asking, I thought, oh, you didn't want another tight end. That's why they cooled off on Malachi Coleman. Now, we talked about this earlier in the week with regards to Jordan Allen, but I'll rehash it for people who weren't listening at the time. Basically, what I believe is that if Jordan Allen would flip to Oklahoma, if there is a world in which that happens, Cade McIntyre probably just ends up switching sides of the ball and playing linebacker at that point. Because one of the things we've talked about really ever since he committed is that he probably has a higher ceiling defensively than he does offensively. And... The, the inevitable follow-up question that people are going to ask is, well, why wouldn't they have done that with Coleman? And the answer is because Coleman wasn't ready to play tight end at the P5 level. Jordan Allen is. Malachi Coleman was six foot five, 205 pounds. Jordan Allen's 6'4", 240. So when you're talking about guys that physically are ready to contribute immediately at that position, Allen is a more immediate plug-and-play option than Coleman would have been. He would have... When Coleman gets to campus, he's more of a wide receiver than anything else, and he's probably going to need two, three years to get to the point where, uh, in terms of his physique, in terms of his bulk, he's ready to be a Braden Willis type of football player. So that is my read on the situation. If Allen ends up flipping to Oklahoma, my guess would be McIntyre ends up on the defensive side of the ball. And look, I, I think OU should have taken Malachi Coleman too. I'm with you all on that, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. But that was not my call. That was the decision that the coaching staff made, that they were going to bow out of that race, and it is what it is. By the way, on the uh, Vosick situation, it seems to me that, you know, the longer this goes on, and, uh, you know, Texas has Kansas State. I know that Texas is favored in that matchup, and it could be a letdown, kind of a trap game for K-State. We'll see. Uh, can Will Howard keep playing like he's playing if Adrian Martinez isn't ready to go? Because he's red hot right now, Will Howard. But uh, Texas is sitting at 5-3. and three. In fact, the Sooners win this weekend. Longhorns lose there in Manhattan. All of a sudden, even though the Horns pounded the Sooners in the Cotton Bowl, you're looking at Oklahoma with a better record than Texas. And uh, there is a chance, obviously, that uh, the Sooners could still, uh, you know, and, and maybe they're the better bet to wind up with a better regular season record than the Longhorns do. So, But it seems like the longer this drags out and the, the longer you see Colton Vosick's name on the Oklahoma commitment list, that 
That's got to be some pretty good news for OU, right? Or do you think that has any factor in this, how long it drags out? Uh, I, I, to be honest, Steely, I, I don't really think it matters one way or another. Uh, I, and I don't think the timeline is going to tell us a whole heck of a lot about where things stand with Colton Vosick. I just, I, I think it's one of those deals where you're just going to have to wake up on signing day and find out what happened. And it could go either way. I, I'd probably lean towards him sticking with Oklahoma right now. But when push comes to shove, is the kid going to be able to deny his heritage as a Longhorn? That's going to be the interminable question until Penn is put to paper. Yeah, and the the other part of that equation, let's say that D.J. Hicks flips to Oklahoma before signing day. It was Colton Vosick on that day when D.J. Hicks committed to Texas A&M that sent out the broken heart emoji. So, you know, if D.J. Hicks says, you know what, I I, I am coming to Oklahoma, that would make a very good case for Colton Vosick to also stay committed uh, to the Sooners, no doubt, to be able to play along uh, with that great interior defensive lineman, David Hicks. Best defensive lineman, interior defensive lineman in America, five stars, obviously for D.J. Hicks. All right, break time right here. Speaking of five stars, Cavens Construction, we'll tell you about them when we get back. T.J. Eckerts will be joining us here in just a second, KTUL TV Sports Director. We will be living on Tulsa time right now. We're also living on Cavens time. Cavens Construction Group, they can do everything. They're a full-service environmental company serving Oklahomans uh, with mold testing, mold removal, water extraction, sewage extraction, cleanup, structural drying, uh, drying. Uh, fire and smoke restoration, crime scene cleanup, tear gas cleanup, odor control, pack out, contents cleaning. They do it. They do it all here at Cavens Construction. When you are thinking, oh, my gosh, this is a total disaster. How are we going to recover from this? Cavens comes in to the rescue, and they get the do- job done for you. Uh, servicing Norman and Oklahoma City, 405 573 3048, that's 405-573-3048 in Tulsa, in T-Town, up there in Green Country and in Stillwater, 918-282-7612, cavensconstruction.com, that's C-A-V-I-N-S, cavensconstruction.com. Check them out on Facebook, Insta, or Twitter. TJ joining us on the uh, Riverwind Casino hotline. Uh, Gut feeling for you a couple days away from this Oklahoma Baylor matchup Saturday in Norman. T.J. Eckert, what are you feeling? 
You know, Steely, it's interesting. Um, I I think OU, OU fans, maybe, OU team perhaps, feeling a little more confident, albeit two wins against two, you know, lesser opponents. But two wins in a row is two wins in a row, especially given where we were at in October, early October. So uh, gut feeling is that I think OU plays well and ends up winning this game. I, I'll be honest, you know, doing the research on Baylor this week, we really don't know a whole lot about them. Like, who who is Baylor beat? Right, I mean, it's kind of the same question that we ask about OU that people are asking about OU. Baylor hasn't really, I mean, Texas Tech last week is that their best win? So it's kind of an interesting, it's an interesting team to look at when you look at Baylor. Of course, the defending Big Twelve champions, but they really haven't they haven't beaten anybody yet. They've they've lost to some good teams, but they haven't really truly beaten somebody yet. So uh, you know, I think OU plays well. Um, I think the balance on offense continues. The defense, I think, gained some confidence last week. Um, so I feel more confident going into Baylor than I have since, what, mid to late September, I guess. How difficult is it going to be in your evaluation, TJ, for this Oklahoma front seven to contain Richard Reese, who has been so, so good yeah. out of the backfield for Baylor as a true freshman? That's the biggest concern. That's the biggest concern because he's, he's been really, really good. Um, and and as, as Baylor, Baylor goes, as Richard Reese has gone, at least recently, I think in both their losses where he's kind of been the full-time guy, uh, he was held under 100 yards. And so that's, that's really honestly what it's going to end up having to take on that side of the ball. Because I don't think anybody is too concerned about Blake Shapin taking the game over. Um, I think it's more you know controlling Baylor's ground game. Because if, if, it's kind of something we've talked about in recent weeks with OU. If, if OU can run the ball and control the game uh, up front, and they'll have success. Well, that's how Baylor tries to win games is by controlling up front on with their offense and, and Richard Reese. And so that's that's priority number one. Um, I would imagine you'll see a lot of emphasis from the front seven, even from the defensive backs coming up and helping in the run game uh, to slow down that run game. And and in a way, you know, you always see the cliche of make the other guy beat you. That's I would imagine that's going to be the game plan this week is make Blake shape and beat you, prove that he can be the guy. Uh, that can beat you this week because yeah, if Richard Reese gets going, that's that's that plays exactly into the way Baylor wants the game flow to happen. T.J. Eckert with us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Uh, I'm out here at Cavens Construction. You got Parker in the Brown Haver Studios here on this Thursday edition of Steel Man and Thune. Give me a MVP, an offensive MVP, and a defensive MVP uh, through eight games for OU. Well, the the word valuable is part of MVP, and I don't think there's any doubt that the most valuable player on the offense is Dylan Gabriel. And, and that's obviously statistically based, but that's also when he's available based. I mean, when he was when he's on the field, OU's offense is night and day different than when he's not. Um, and so I think that's I think that's probably the easy answer. Um, I, I'll I'll pick him, but I also throw in Eric Gray I, mainly because I think there was a lot of talk about him maybe not being the lead back. You know, Marcus Major coming in maybe and, and, and taking that role. Uh, I know people were excited about Javante Barnes. Uh, but Eric Gray has, has turned out to be really good. So both of those guys, kind of a 1A and 1B. I think in terms of valuable in that word, that's probably going to go uh, to, to Dylan Gabriel. As far as the defensive side of the ball, that's a, little bit harder to, that's a little bit harder to dissect. I think I can go back to the word valuable, though, and say Billy Bowman's probably that guy, right? I mean, defense has, has looked really good when he's been on the field. And there's been issues when he hasn't been. And so, um, you know, hopefully he's closer to 100% now and, and can help out in a big way down the backstretch of the season. 
Because when he's been on the field, and, and Brent Venables has said it in press conferences, he's been the go-to guy for that defense, the leader of that unit. And so um, that would be my guy in terms of valuable uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Now, the Sooners have won two straight coming into this game, TJ. The, the trauma of that three-game losing skid <laughs> is starting to abate a little bit. So in the month of November, what do you think the Sooners have to do to make this fan base feel good about the 2022 season, despite the fact that – you ended up losing three straight to open Big 12 play and took a 49 to nothing loss at the hands of your worst rival. Is there a way that this team can make Sooner Nation feel okay about where things went in year one under Venables? Yeah, I think really, Parker, the main thing is just is to continue playing the way they've played the past couple weeks in terms of that continued improvement. We saw the offense come back to life when Dylan Gabriel returned against Kansas. We saw the defense show some spark last week against Iowa State. We, uh, we know the, the personnel deficiencies that Iowa State has in terms of just not being that good of an offense. Uh, but showing strides on the defensive side of the ball and continuing to improve on that side of the ball through November, I think, uh, will, will be important. As far as record goes, I mean, at the end of the day, our, our, I mean, I know there's going to be fans that will say, uh, you know, you'd much rather be 9-3 and three than than whatever they would end up being five and six or five and seven, whatever that record would be if they lost out. So you know, when the, the record thing, I don't think for me personally isn't as big a deal as just continuing to show improvement. Um, not being blown out, uh, I think would go a long way if they end up losing any of these games. You know, if you lose Bedlam at home and it's a close game, you can handle that as opposed to Oklahoma State coming in and just and pounding it down your throat and beating you by thirty. You know, so for, for me, I, I think the main thing is just showing continued improvement on the defensive side of the ball as, as November moves on, and then the offense continuing to show signs that, you know, they can carry over this scheme into next season. Uh, for me right now, my, like I said, my confidence is fairly high just with the momentum we've seen out of the bye week. I wouldn't be surprised for them to, you know, get to eight wins, and, you know, it wouldn't shock me at all to see them win out. I, I think – Last week, Steele, you'd mentioned they had you had them going seven and five. So, um, I think somewhere around there would would be just fine uh, for OU fans because expectations have been lowered since that stretch there in September and October. Well, I'm up to eight and four now, of course, oh. after last week. Uh, but yeah, I think that Baylor, if they can put this one in the win column, they got a chance to win out. They've got a really good chance to win out. Now it depends on the bowl matchup, but uh, this would be a great sign if they can win this game against Baylor. All right, uh, real quick before we let you go, TJ Eckert with us on the Riverwind uh, Casino Hotline. Tulsa got a top twenty-five opponent coming. Uh, you know, coming into town this weekend with mm. Tulane, number nineteen in the country. Can the uh, Golden Hurricane? I know they're three and five. Uh, but do you think TU's capable of pulling it off? Certainly capable. Um, it just kind of depends what team shows up. They've, they've played well at times. You know, they played pretty good late in the game against SMU, ended up losing that one at home last week. But they've been getting off to some really rough starts and then playing behind the eight ball. Um, so that's going to be key for them is starting fast. That's so cliche, but it's true for them because they get behind and then they're having to play catch up the entire game. So. Um, I, I, there's certainly a chance, and if you remember the last time Tulane came to town, it was 2020. Uh, Davis Brin, the quarterback now, was the third stringer, and he got brought in due to injury in the fourth quarter, led a big fourth quarter comeback. And Zayvon Collins, who's now with the Cardinals, had a game-winning pick six in overtime. So unbelievable dramatic game. matchups between yep between these two teams, and so I, I wouldn't put anything past Tulsa uh, this weekend there at Chapman Stadium. Zabin Collins had a lot of highlight plays at TU, and that one was probably number one. It was unreal. Yeah, hey, TJ, 
Appreciate you as usual. We'll talk to you again uh, sometime next week. You guys enjoy Bixby and Jinx on ESPN2 tonight. There Have you fun. go. How about that? Yes, about time the Spartans got uh, a little uh, Espen love, and they're going to get it tonight, and that'll be an interesting game with uh, uh, the Spartans and the Trojans going at it. Thanks, DJ. There you go. All right, Riverwind Casino, over 2,800 electronic games. All your favorite table games are out there. They've got a tremendous poker room. They've got the best bars and dining, the Coop Ale House Bar. You have the River Buffet, Steak Night on Friday, Seafood Night Saturday, Great Brunch on Sunday, Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant, very relaxing, great place to go out and watch the game. They've got a tremendous food court there as well. Great promotions, of course. And great shows. And the next great show is the Bedlam Beats and Bites show outdoors Friday night, November 18th. It'll be the Eli Young Band and Wade Bowen. Tickets are only $5 at the box office inside the casino or at riverwind.com. That is a bargain in all caps. That's big time right there. Food trucks everywhere. You can bring the kids, bring the folding chairs. It'll be a great time outdoors. Bedlam Beats and Bites. Get your tickets for 5 bucks right now at riverwind.com coming back mike steely parker thune with you here on the ref and we'll talk a little more college football what else next There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am back at Cabin's Construction, Steelman and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans on a Thursday. Cabin's will do great work for you. We'll uh, hear from Gary coming up next hour. They are big time. Parker is back in the Brown O'Haber Studios. It is time now for one year ago, Mule Shoe said, and uh, this is what. Muleshoe did say one year ago. Close on a lot of accounts, close on a lot of throws. Um, just didn't didn't execute very good in the throw game. Uh, just kind of top to bottom. Uh, wasn't, uh, wasn't near sharp there, obviously, as we need to be. And that is what Muleshoe said one year ago. Hang on, st- hang on, hang on, hang on. Is today also the one-year anniversary of the personal day? Or was it that yesterday? I, 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 was it? Uh, it was t- no, it was a Tuesday. So yesterday was the one-year anniversary of the personal yes. day. That's Today, right. That's why we didn't have any sound from yes, you know, from one year ago yesterday because it was personal day. It was he uh, talking with Trace Armstrong and uh, LSU and USC day is what it was. Yes, today is the one-year anniversary of Muleshoe telling everybody it was just a personal day, and I'll leave it at that. One of the biggest liars in college football history. Ladies and gentlemen, play it one more time. This is what Muleshoe said one year ago today. Close on a lot of accounts, close on a lot of throws. Um, just didn't, didn't execute very good in the throw game. 
uh, just kind of top to bottom. Uh, wasn't uh, wasn't near sharp there, obviously, as we need to be. All right, and uh, SC is uh, home to play uh, Cal this week, 3-5 and five Cal coming to the Coliseum. Uh, man, that, that Tennessee-Georgia matchup is 2.30 on CBS. Going to have to DVR that one, maybe watch it uh, on the phone. Uh, one at Bama at LSU is the 6 o'clock game on ESPN. Uh, Brian Kelly is another, uh, well, he's a Trace Armstrong client as well. Uh, you know, he, he pulled a, a mule shoe too, leaving Notre Dame for LSU. And uh, you're, <laughs> I'm still look, looking back at that appearance at the basketball game when all of a sudden Brian Kelly came out with a southern drawl all of a sudden and the, the creepy dancing he did in the recruiting videos. I just don't like Brian Kelly either. I don't like him. But uh, Bama, man, that LSU team's playing some good football right now. And I was surprised. And, and again, Vegas always knows what they're doing. Um, I think the latest line I saw was 13-and-a-half, LSU, obviously the underdog in this matchup. What do you think about those two SEC tilts this weekend? I'm can really Josh much- Heupel win? Can, can Josh Heupel win in Athens? Man, if he can, does Tennessee become the front runner for the national title? Because at that point, yes, man, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm starting to get 2019 LSU vibes with this Tennessee team. But nine-point dogs on the road at Georgia this weekend is going to tell us a lot about this Tennessee program's medal because they won at home against Alabama, but it's one thing to beat an elite opponent at Rocky Top with 100,000 screaming orange-clad fans behind you, and it's another thing to go to a road environment like that against an elite unbeaten opponent and do the same. So – I'm very curious to see what Hendon Hooker looks like, given that added pressure. I'm very curious to see whether Tennessee can keep pace with Georgia at Sanford Stadium. Now, as far as Alabama and LSU are concerned, I I, I, I had no idea LSU was 6-2, and two, Steely. It was just like I looked up, and boom, there they are at number 10 in the nation. So they've sneakily been a very good football team. And were it not for – that bizarre blocked extra point in the season opener, there's a good chance they're seven and one right now. So uh, LSU has been playing good ball. I guess I just haven't paid attention to it in a, uh, in a comprehensive sense week to week. uh, Yes, but I, it would not like, if you asked me what LSU's record was, I would not have been able to tell you that they were six and two. So yeah, you're right. They did kind of sneak up on everybody. If you had to share a prison cell with, uh, you know, uh, either Lincoln Riley or Brian Kelly, who would you pick? Yeah, probably. Who would you have a Shawshank Redemption with? <laughs> That's a great question. I'd probably pick Muleshoe because if he starts to piss me off, then I can just start wailing on him because he has no muscle mass. So that would probably be my uh, – Muleshoe would be my first choice. Just tell him to shut up. And if he doesn't, Rain blows upon him. Muleshoe would be a little more sneaky with the guards, you know. He would be the guy that would somehow get in in a Weasley deal with the guards, you know. Brian Kelly, I don't know if he could handle that. You know, he'd try and use the southern accent, and they'd say, dude, come on. But Muleshoe, uh, I think he would probably be the guy. He's very sneaky. 
All right, we are here at Cavens Construction. It is a Thursday edition of Steel Man and Thune. I want to thank the uh, great Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our first hour. We've got another hour to go. More Sooner football coming up next. Here we are for hour number two, presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Mike Steely with you here at Cavens Construction. They will do it all for you, Cavens Construction, man. When you're down and out, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, we got mold in the house. There's fire damage. You got a flooded situation. You know, uh, hopefully that won't happen tomorrow. There's a lot of rain coming in. But uh, Cavens is like the superhero. Of all of those situations, they'll put their capes on, send their crews out there and get you taken care of, whether it's uh, water extraction, uh, fire and smoke restoration, uh, you know, mold testing, mold removal, water extraction again, sewage extraction, structural drying, uh, even crime scene cleanup, odor control, contents cleaning, pack out, they will do it. And, uh, of course, they do the regular construction stuff that you need, but... Cavens is a do-it-all construction company, construction group, and uh, we'll talk to Gary here in a little bit uh, later on this hour, but they will get the job done. In Norman, Oklahoma City, it's 405-573-3048. Tulsa Stillwater, uh, 918-282-7612. com. You can look them up on Facebook, Insta, or Twitter as well. And again, also thanks to the Seth Wadley Auto Group, Exit 72 in Paul's Valley. They will uh, find a car, truck, SUV, or a pre-owned vehicle for you. It's probably right there on their lot, but they are getting the very best vehicles there in Paul's Valley because, well, they've got a great, uh, great reputation and a great guarantee. Oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Seth Wadley Auto Group, Exit 72 in Paul's Valley. All right, uh, our man Chris Plank on his Sirius XM Big 12 show uh, had the bear from ESPN, you know the bear, Chris Felica from Game Day on, and they were talking about the Big 12. And Plank asked him about the OU-Baylor matchup. Here's what Chris Felica had to say. I, I like Oklahoma this week, and I think when when Dylan Gabriel got hurt, I, I, I don't think it only just affected the offense. I kind of think it affected the entire team because I think there was like a, a realization like, oh, crap, we don't have a quarterback. And like I think the whole team kind of felt it, and I think getting him back has really improved uh, the psyche. Now, their defense obviously still 
has their issues. But, but I think if you look at Oklahoma, like the, the way the schedule shakes out now, uh, who knows what's going to happen in, in the Bedlam game. And if, if Oklahoma State will have a bunch of those guys back by the time that game rolls around. But after the way, the way the season started in Big 12 play for Oklahoma to be sitting there and uh, you could have a legitimate conversation about the possibility of them running out and winning out and going nine and three in the regular season with, with a chance to get to 10 wins in the bowl game. Like, I don't think that's unrealistic to think. I, obviously, I expect a very stingier defense uh, this week from Baylor uh, as well. But, uh, but I, I kind of like OU right now. I think they present, present a lot of problems offensively for, uh, for, for Baylor, who I do actually have a ton of respect for. But uh, I, I, I think OU might have this thing turned around uh, moving forward as the year goes on. There you go. And the bear is uh, usually pretty insightful. Wasn't it the bear who said uh, that he liked TCU to win the Big 12, uh, you know, on the first college game day of the year? Did he really say that? I think he did. Wow. Somebody back me up unless I'm imagining things. I think the bear was all over that. That is very impressive if so, because (laughs) I don't know a single other person who would have been able to say with any degree of confidence that that was going to happen heading into the year. Yeah, I mean, uh, think about TCU. We all thought uh, Chandler Morris gets hurt early and Max Duggan comes in, and Max Duggan has been really, really good. Who's the offensive player of the year in the conference? Offensive player of the year in the conference? I would say it's Max Duggan. Probably would have to be right now, right? I mean, there. Are I mean, based on it, it usually, uh, you know, he's been uh, he's been really good, and uh, obviously he's been really good. But you know, and uh, you remember they were down. Uh, what was it, twenty eight ten against K State? And uh, you know, I know that it, Howard got injured, and then they had to bring Rubley in. But they reeled off twenty eight points in a row. Max Duggan was a big part of that. So uh, to me, yeah, it's got to be him. I mean, B. John Robinson's had a good year. Um, I, I don't know. Spencer Sanders was very much in the running, and he's been banged up. So you would have to give, and, uh, you know, uh, TCU won that uh, head-to-head matchup with uh, the Cowboys. And, again, I think Spencer Sanders' production, and obviously last week was a disaster, but he's been banged up, and we'll see what his availability is, you know, even for this weekend in the Kansas game, you know. But it's got to be, it would have to be Max. Quentin Johnston, again, has had a great year. Um, you know, no question about it, the wide receiver for the Horned Frogs, but you would think it would have to be Max Duggan. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the odds-on favorite, I would say. He's going to be, he's certainly going to be first-team all-conference at this point. And I think a lot depends on how TCU closes this November stretch because, Look, realistically, they've got they're in position to close the regular season undefeated. They just have to take care of business. I think their most difficult test is going to come on the road in Waco against Baylor the weekend before Thanksgiving. That to me is as tough a draw as TCU is going to face the remainder of the way. And they have to go to Austin to play Texas, but heck, Steely, TCU has been Texas's kryptonite for years. And now, all of a sudden, you get a year where TCU is clearly leaps and bounds better than Texas as a football program. Is is there any confidence that TCU isn't going to go down to DKR and win that game? You know, uh, 
I, I, I think that they should be able to get it done. And, and you could say, well, Gary Patterson now is on, uh, you know, he's he's aligned with Texas, defensive consultant there for the Longhorns. But uh, I, I don't think TCU is going to run the table. Um, and those would be the two games, right? You would look at Austin and Waco. And I would say it would be more than likely would be a loss in Waco. We'll see. Yeah, I'd, I'd, we th- shall see. The way that I look at it, Steely, is at this point, well, if you're an Oklahoma fan and you're trying to and you're hoping that the Sooners can still backdoor their way into the Big 12 championship, you want TCU to clear everybody else out, right? At this point, you're rooting for TCU. And there are some other dominoes that need to fall as well. But I also think that uh, as long as TCU keeps winning, the perception of Oklahoma is only going to become more and more glowing, right? Because – he can understand the loss to Kansas State. It was a one-possession game at home. Kansas State played a really good football t- game, and that's a really good football team, right? And so I think everybody's willing to give you a pass for that Kansas State loss, and certainly everybody's willing to give you a pass as far as that blowout loss to Texas because most everybody realizes at this point Oklahoma was playing without a legitimate quarterback in that football game. The one, the one loss at this point that stands out that is probably more egregious than the other two is that 55-24 to 24 blowout in Fort Worth at the hands of TCU. But if TCU is a 12-0 team at the end of the regular season and you can point to that day, that afternoon, October 1st, and say, hey, we had to play a 12-0 team and we lost our starting quarterback mid-game with a concussion, all of a sudden – what would hypothetically be a nine and three mark for Oklahoma suddenly looks like a pretty dang good nine and three mark as opposed to a ignominious nine and three. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, again, uh, TCU, it, it's gotta be uh, right now, Max Duggan tech and TCU coming up this weekend and uh, rest of the big 12 schedule, obviously Baylor, Oklahoma, two o'clock ESPN plus, Oklahoma State at Kansas, 2.30 Fox Sports 1. The uh, That's a rooster kickoff in Fort Worth uh, with the Frogs and the Red Raiders. West Virginia at Iowa State, 2.30 on ESPN+. Plus. Texas and K-State on FS1 evening game at 6 o'clock. That game in Manhattan, even though the Longhorns are favored by 2.5 in that matchup. Hey, how about last night, by the way? You have a combined no-hitter in the World Series with the Astros shutting out the Phillies uh, to even the series up at two games apiece. And it was 5 nothing at Houston. The combined no-hitter, Christian Javier, Brian Abreu, Rafael Montero, Ryan Presley. And there is another Oklahoma connection. Remember the uh, 1956 Yankees-Brooklyn uh, Dodgers World Series. Don Larson had the perfect game, the no-hitter, obviously. Uh, you have to have a, a, a perfect game, it includes a no-hitter. But Don Larson had the perfect game, and the last out of that game was... Eldale Mitchell. That's exactly right. And, uh, you know, that's the Sooners baseball park, Eldale Mitchell Park. Well, who was the last out of the game last night? JT Real Muto. Carl Albert Kidd, obviously, one of the best catchers in baseball, the last out. So on these unbelievable, you know, obviously Larson's game is is much more. That's that's an 11 out of 10. And a combined no-hitter again, they're, they're, 
you know, they're kind of boring in the regular season. You'd rather see Nolan Ryan go out there and get a no-hitter like he had seven back in the day. But the combined no-hitter is still, it, it's a nice accomplishment. It's its not the same as one guy going out there and mowing down a lineup. But to do it in the World Series is pretty pretty impressive. But, again, so in both of those games now, the last out was uh, somebody with an Oklahoma connection with Dale Mitchell back in 1956 and with JT, uh, JT Real Muto. Uh, becoming the last out last night. So that, uh, again, even the series up at two games apiece. Game five tonight at Citizens Bank Park in Philly, 7 o'clock on Fox. Thunder back in action tonight, by the way. Denver and Oklahoma City, both teams four and three. 7 o'clock at the Paycom Center. Oklahoma City has won four in a row. Four in a row. We'll see if they can get it done tonight. They go to Milwaukee Saturday night to play Giannis and the Bucks. All right, let's break right here. Uh, Gary Cavins going to tell us what's happening at Cavins Construction here in a little bit. We'll go right to the Air Comfort Solutions text line as well, 405-651-3439. Parker, if you missed it, first hour has a little more news that could be positive for Oklahoma on DJ Hicks. We'll get to that coming up next right here on The Ref. Okay, we are back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you, home of Sooner fans, Steelman and Thune at noon, and uh, we're here at Cavens Construction. They will do great work for you, Norman and Oklahoma City, Tulsa and Stillwater Construction, roofing, maintenance, and environmental. They will handle fire issues, water removal, emergency services, CavensConstruction.com. 24-7, 365 days a year, they... Uh, are available for you. Norman and Oklahoma City, 405-573-3048. Tulsa and Stillwater, 918-282-7612. My man Duke, they're they're great-looking dog. They've got some cool dogs out here. And Duke loves doing sports radio with me. Uh, I posted a pic on Twitter. Duke, uh, I don't know if Duke was angry at the text line or what, but, but he did leave for about five minutes. But he's in here trying to uh, do some sports radio. Great-looking dog, by the way. Great-looking dog. Okay, uh, Dave Aranda and Baylor, last year they faced the Jeff Levy offense in the Sugar Bowl. Now, again, Ole Miss didn't have Matt Corral, uh, you know, injured, and Baylor ends up winning the game 21-7. to Dave Aranda was asked how similar this OU offense is to the Ole Miss offense and Jeff Levy, uh, you know, the one they faced last year in the Sugar Bowl. I think the tempo is is familiar. I think um, there's there's less spread out sets. Uh, at least you know uh, here lately there's been more of a focus on the run game, and um, almost you know there's there's a fair amount of runs that you remember back from OU a year ago to two years ago, kind of shown up. Um, whereas before it. You know, I think when you're looking at Ole Miss, there was some of that, but it was just more speed and more balls on the perimeter. 
were uh, here lately, and as was um, kind of highlighted before, I think some of it is to help just the overall team and the pace of play and the defense and that. And so, um, so there's some, but not a lot. There you go, the always exciting, passionate Dave Aranda. But we did say yesterday that Dave Aranda is a good bald as opposed to a bad bald. And again, we gave some examples of good balds. Teddy Lehman, Dave Aranda, Bruce Willis, Michael Jordan, bad balds, Larry David, Paul Feinbaum. So you want to be, if you're going bald, you want to be a good bald. Just saying. All right. Okay, you want to get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, Parker? Yeah, we got one listener asking if we can get an interview with Duke. Uh, it's very possible. I have a second mic here. Duke is uh, pretty soft-spoken, though, but I'll, we'll see if we can set that up. Another listener says, Tech is an upsetter. Did it to the horns. Now they do it to the horned frogs. Tech by 14. They pulled that off on the road at Amon G. Carter Stadium. That would be That's the key. The thing. game, yeah, the game in Fort Worth is is where, uh, yeah, that that helps TCU because Lubbock can be a scary place at times, right? Yeah, but then again, Baylor just went to Lubbock last week and thrashed in. They uh, did, tech. man. Forty-five they, they, to seventeen. Uh, yeah, they absolutely uh, physically dominated that game. So I don't know. Maybe maybe they took Tech's uh, will in that game. We'll see. I, I would dispute this text, Steely. I want to know if you would as well. This listener says, sorry, but Jeremiah Hall is a bad bald, LOL. Really? I don't know. I think Jeremiah uh, pulls it off pretty well. I'm going good bald on uh, Jeremiah Hall. Another texter says uh, the beard helps, though. See, the beard does help. The beard. See, here's the thing. It's always easier to pull off the good bald look if you have a long flowing beard like Jeremiah Hall. He rocks it. I would put Jeremiah Hall in the good bald category. Another listener says Art Bryles is a bad bald. Very true. Um, this listener <laughs> says, guys, it was 34 to 10 at TCU when DG came out. We weren't coming back. It seems to always be insinuated if DG stayed in that it would have gotten better. No, they weren't winning that game. No, No, I don't don't think they were either. It wouldn't have been as as big of a disaster, but, yeah, there was no way. uh, I I don't think I insinuated that. Did I? Did anybody? No. Because, yeah, that game was over basically, uh, you know, at the end of the first quarter, it seemed like. But, that said, I do consider it a virtual certainty that that game's a lot closer than 31 points if Dylan Gabriel yeah. plays the entire game. So, does OU win that day in Fort Worth? In all likelihood, no. Do they play TCU a lot closer than 55-24? to 24? Absolutely. And I don't think that's a hot take. Uh, this listener asks, who is the Sooners' fullback? Do they have one? No, it, se- it kind of seems like the fullback is going the way of the wishbone at Oklahoma. You know, and uh, you think about some of the great fullbacks, man, that uh, the Sooners had from the, you know, well, wishbone fullbacks back in my day, but all the way from uh, J.D. Runnels to uh, Trey Millard to Aaron Ripkowski, Dimitri Flowers, I mean, uh, Jeremiah Hall recently. Yeah, 
It, it doesn't seem like uh, that's part of the Jeff Levy uh, offense. Another listener asks, "We need. Uh, can we get Duke's opinions on Mule Shoe?" <laughs> I, I think that Duke would just start growling. That's what would happen if we asked him about Mule Shoe. Final score prediction: Bixby versus Jenks. We got a nine one eight listener curious. Steely, it seems like we get on the air every single Friday, and the previous Thursday night, and in some cases they do play on Fridays, but it seems like they've had a lot of Thursday games. Regardless, Bixby just does stupid stuff on the football field, man. Like, you can't even – it's hard to believe that we're actually witnessing real life every single time we see the box scores or the statistics or the finals of these Bixby football games because – they're doing stuff that's barely accomplishable in video games. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Lauren Montgomery has done an unbelievable job there. And uh, what do they want? Is it 58 in a row now that it's 50 Bixby something. has won? I believe. I think it's at 58, if I'm not mistaken. So until somebody beats Bixby, I'm going with Bixby. Somebody get Josh Heupel on the show, says the listener. That would be awesome. What are the odds Josh Heupel would come on with us? I don't know, man. I, I know that uh, his relationship obviously soured with the University of Oklahoma after he was uh, let go, and uh, I'm sure that was a very difficult decision for Bob Stoops, but he had to do something at that point. The, look, the offense was very stagnant, there's no doubt, but uh, Josh has, you know, he's bounced back, man. I mean, Tennessee – how many coaches were they going through for a while? And now Josh Heupel's getting a new deal, uh, going to be in the, what, $9 million range, I think, per year. So he's come back. I, I would love to see Josh Heupel, that, and, and it's mainly on Josh's end, obviously, 98% of it, I'm sure, if not more. But I, I understand that it's getting a little bit better, and somewhere down the road um, – Maybe there'll be like a Josh Heupel appearance um, at some point. That would be cool because, man, he is as instrumental. Uh, you know, and we talk about Roy Williams and Rocky Kalmus and uh, obviously all those great players, Teddy, uh, Quentin Griffin. But Josh Heupel was the most instrumental player in turning around the fortunes of Oklahoma football and was the leader, no doubt, of that 2000 uh national championship team and i think it says everything you know in the coin flip before the orange bowl game that torrence marshall said to chris winky you know i gotta give you stole my boys heisman we're about to get payback okay i'll just go ahead and say it steely josh heupel at least in my experience Mm -hmm. not a very pleasant person I interacted, really? Yes, I interacted with him at the coaches' convention in San Antonio this past off season, and he very much gave me the cold shoulder. I was just trying to like I was just trying to small talk him about football, man. I asked him about Jeff Lebby because obviously they worked mm-hmm. together. I, we talked about yeah. we talked briefly about South Dakota because all my family's from there. Obviously, that's where he's from, but. Man, he was very like he very much gave off the bo- the vibe of I'm more important than you. Really? So you get big time by Josh Heupel. I got big time by Josh Heupel. With Heupel when he was at OU was he was, you know, he did every interview, but he was very much the coach's son because that's what he is, and he was very plain vanilla, you know, uh, coach speak. 
And, uh, you know, if you watch his press conference, I was cutting up his press conference. Well, let's play the clip right here. Uh, Heupel anticipating a heck of a game. This is still, this is how Josh Heupel handles about every interview, and this was him talking about the Georgia matchup. And here's a, a quick little excerpt right here. Both teams, I'm sure, are confident and should be. Um, you know, for us, this week preparation is going to be key. They're, they're really good. They got, you know, you got to understand their schemes. You know, that's important. The personnel, the battles within the, the battle are going to be really important. The line of scrimmage is going to be important. It's a physical, physical game out on the perimeter, too. So on both sides of the ball, you got to match that. Josh, there are teams out there that have been winning year in and year out, and they know how to win games. How have you convinced these guys to have the confidence so quickly that they think they can beat anybody? Yeah, I haven't convinced them. They've convinced themselves. You know, we talked about, you know, a team uh, of hope, a team of belief. You know, we were on that spectrum uh, a year ago because of our work habits, you know, not just during training camp or during the season, but, you know, the work habits since we got back last January. Uh, there's an expectation within our locker room, and uh, you pair that with good leadership inside of the locker room, you know, uh, staff and players that are connected, that compete extremely hard every single day. Uh, you put yourself in a position to, to go play good football and, you know, try to fight and find a way to be on the plus side of the scoreboard when you walk off the field. There you go. That's Josh Heupel. And we now know, ladies and gentlemen, that Parker Thune was big-timed by Josh Heupel at a coach's convention. So on uh, your Mount Rushmore of disliked coaches right now, you've got Muleshoe, Brian Kelly, Josh Heupel, and who else? Uh, Urban, or does Urban count? Urban's kind of the easy answer. Mm -hmm. Uh, This listener on the text line says, in my one brief encounter with Heupel, he was a jerk. Another says, I have heard similar things about Heupel. However, Patrick does say, he was cool to me and my wife back in the day. Talk to him for 20 minutes. Well, you might just be a more personable individual than me, Patrick. I I don't know what it was. I wonder, but but was that a long time ago, like after the OU days, or you know, sometimes that money, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and Josh Heupel again, he's getting what a new uh, new deal that apparently I saw the reports. I think it was going to be nine million per year, um, something like that. But I don't know if that's that's changed him a little bit. I hope not. But he can't be worse than Mealshoe. At least he tells the truth, right? For all we know, yes. For all we know, yes. All right, we got a break right here. Cabins Construction. Parker has an update on uh, possibly another advantage or certainly something that might just help in the Sooners trying to get back in the David Hicks sweepstakes, and that door has been cracked open. We know that because he's coming to visit Oklahoma for Bedlam, even though he's committed to A&M. Break time. We've got two more segments to go. I'm here at Cavens, Parker back in studio, here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Keep it here. Yeah. 
Mike Steely with you. It is Steelman and Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. And uh, it's really cool to come out here to Cavens Construction. It's kind of plank stomping grounds, and I'm, I'm there allowing me out here, which I love it as well. Uh, Duke the Dog is my new buddy out here, and Gary Cavens is the man here at Cavens Construction, here to tell us all about. Now, our uh, one of our fearless leaders, uh, Casey Vineyard, said that... Gary is my hero. He helped us with a situation at the house this weekend. I said, what was the situation? You probably told me already, and the old man forgot. She said, quote, a terrible smell in our basement. Something is dead, and we can't find it. He was able to get it taken care of. Yes, you know, that's one of the things that uh, we our environmental side, we have odor control, and we have several different things that we can do for odor control. Um, I have a couple of different machines and techniques that I can use to get rid of oil, I mean odor, and then I have a, a, a um, basically kind of a masking odor-eating chemical that I can put out to help um, make it disappear. And that's part of like when we have a sewer loss, when a sewer mm-hmm. backs up in a home or a business, we'll, we'll do that also as part of our process to eliminate that smell for customers and people that are working around the situation. And the same with fire, too. We do that with fire, too. And we don't think the vineyards are burying bodies in the basement, right? Hey, you never know. Yeah. Well, it didn't look like that. it, but yeah. you never know. I mean, Casey, I'm but Brian and Casey, they look very all-American, <laughs> but I, I, think, I think we're good there. Okay, so you guys... You know what, I get the feeling, I mean, you do construction, you do, uh, you know, if you need somebody who needs a new deck or a new roof or whatever, you need to repair something, you can do that. But you also are in a situation where you come in and somebody has fire damage, and they're like, oh, my gosh, this is a disaster. This The house could be totaled. We're never going to get any money out of it or whatever. And you guys come in and save the day, and uh, that's got to be super rewarding. It is. You know, whether it's a fire or a mold issue, or like a sewer backup, or broken water pipe, or flooding issue. Um, you know, we can we can step in, we can help, and get you through the situation. We can work with your insurance company. If your insurance company is not wanting to work with you, we have um, our friends over at Brown O'Haver that mm-hmm. can come in and yeah. step in and help too. Um, and they do an outstanding job over there, and we're we're um, you know we enjoy working with them. Um, you know, as much as we need to. Uh, but, you know, we can do, you know, we can uh, tear gas. We just finished the tear gas cleanup, uh, blood, crime scene. Um, we can also pack out, and we have the ability here in our shop in the back to clean contents um, from fire, tear gas, you know, all kinds of um, issues that happen. But we can, you know, we can step in and, and help with all that on the environmental side. Can you help with uh, clean up with Piper, our new puppy over at Chase Stadium? Because just when you think she's figured out the pads, there's the kitchen and there's a problem. Yes, we can. Small cleanups too. There you go. All right. right. Uh, anything else? Uh, you guys are in obviously in the uh, in the metro area here, Norman, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, Stillwater. So you're basically statewide and twenty four seven, three hundred sixty five days a year. If somebody has an emergency situation, uh, 
There you are. We're here to help. You know, we have a live person on call 24-7 to deal with emergency issues. Um, we spend a lot of time up in Tulsa. Uh, we do Right now we currently have about four or five different jobs currently going on in Tulsa, mold and um, other things, um, full-time crew up there. And we just, um, you, know, you know, we're a Norman-based company, but we, uh, we've been pushing up towards Tulsa and working up there quite a bit this last year, and we really enjoy working up there too. Uh, we do roofing in North Texas. We do roofing and environmental work in Kansas. Um, and so, you know, we're just kind of all over the place, and we just enjoy what we do, and we train, 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 and develop every day we can uh, all of our people so that we can help our customers the best as possible. We really focus on commercial maintenance, uh, environmental, residential, and commercial, and we focus on um, com- uh, commercial construction, um, residential construction. We do that, but we've got a huge backlog of that right now, so we're really focused on the environmental right. and the commercial maintenance. All right, uh, real quick, Gary Cabins with us here at Cabins Construction. OU Baylor Saturday, how are you feeling? I'm excited. I'm excited. I always like OU Baylor. Sooners get the dub? Oh, oh yeah. There he goes. No, no doubt, no hesitation whatsoever. Gary looked at me like, was that a question? Do the Sooners get the dub? He says yes. Gary, I appreciate you guys having me over here again. Always you're very hospitable, and, um, you know, we, we're just very comfortable out here, and it's it's good to let people know about your great company, so thank you. Thank you so much for coming out. We appreciate having you for sure. Absolutely. Duke, Duke does definitely. Oh, Duke's my man. Duke, that dog is cool. Great. What would you say? Uh, Golden Lab, great pyramids mix, right? Yeah, he is, and he is. He is. As long as you're not a FedEx or UPS driver or Amazon driver, he'll love you to death. But if you come in in a FedEx or Amazon <laughs> uniform, he's coming. He's coming. So we we kind of watch him when delivery drivers. He has three rivalry games: Amazon, FedEx, and UPS. That's there right. You go. <laughs> That's... All right. Thanks, buddy. Thank Appreciate you. it. Gary Cabins, Cabins Construction. Let's work in uh, some air comfort solutions. Text line text. But first of all, tell everybody again about uh, what you think is some positive news now. And, again, I don't want to sound an alarm like this is going to totally affect everything, but this might be, again, another thing that can crack the door a little more open for Oklahoma to get back in the D.J. Hicks sweepstakes. And that was the news, Parker, that his teammate now being uh, pursued by OU. Yeah, so the Sooners offered Hicks's teammate and best friend this morning, three-star linebacker Damian Sanford, who is committed to Texas A&M. And from what I'm hearing early on here, Steely, there's a very decent chance that Sanford ends up taking the visit with Hicks on November 19th for Bedlam. So definitely something to watch there, especially because one of the draws to A&M for Hicks, I mean, we know what the biggest draw was, but one of the ancillary factors that worked in A&M's favor was the relationship with Sanford and the fact that they already have him committed. Now on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, I have opened the can of worms as to Josh Heupel's character and the interactions that he's had with Air Comfort Solutions texters over the years. Uh, Several people weighing in. One listener from the 918 says, Parker, Josh Heupel big time to me too, like I was an insect bothering him, not a fan that loved what he did for OU. Uh, Another says... I went to Josh Heupel and his father's football camp when I was in junior high. He was unpleasant to say the least. However, we have another texture that says, I used to coach Heupel's daughter. He was excellent to me, would come to watch practice. Great guy, great family. Team Heupel here. So 
We have people. Yeah, but on he was trying to get his island. daughter playing time, right? I mean, <laughs> no, I don't suck know. it up, it's, huh? You know what? Here's here's the deal. Um, you know, if it's an overwhelming people saying, "Hey, brush me off" or whatever, look, you can find somebody on a bad day. Now, once you hear a ton of stories like that, like you know, you might have a bad day, and you and, and you never know what somebody's day's like, and. Uh, I don't know. Now, to me, that's never an excuse to be rude to anybody. You still should be pleasant, say hello, how you doing, whatever, shake their hand uh, if you're in that situation. But you may not have a lot of time. And But I don't know. It, it, it's disappointing to hear. Uh, I don't know if these are people, hey, I'm a big OU fan, you know, and he's still got some sour grapes on the OU situation. I don't know. All right. You want to get a few more in? Any coaches headed down to the Lovejoy-Melissa game tonight? Well, I will be headed down to the Lovejoy-Melissa game tonight. I do not know if any OU coaches will be headed down there, but uh, if there are any there, you all will know tomorrow because I'll be right back here in studio. Well, actually, I'll be out at uh, Winter Creek tomorrow. Uh, but when we hit the air again tomorrow, I will report back on all that comes of this Lovejoy-Melissa showdown tonight. Should be a fantastic game. Obviously, Melissa is headlined by four-star 2024 defensive lineman Nigel Smith. Big priority target for Oklahoma. And Lovejoy, uh, the main draw there, is four-star 2024 linebacker Peyton Pierce, whom I firmly believe is going to be a Sooner. The question is, will anybody arrive via helicopter? Uh, well, right. I mean, hey, they did it for Jackson Arnold. They didn't for they did it for Peyton Bowen. I would figure these guys are twenty twenty fours, right? So next year is probably the helicopter year. So I wouldn't count on it, but we'll see. Uh, another nine one eight listener says also another junior high camper here. He was definitely a jerk. However, a listener from the eight five zero says I'd big time most of those people also. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's take a break right here. We have one more segment to go. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, uh, locked in, of course, coming up at 2 o'clock with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas. Uh, Duke looks like he wants to come in here for the uh, last segment. Come on in, Duke. Come on, we'll do, the, we'll do the segment together, all right? Get on in here. All right, Duke is the, uh, the office dog here. Great dog, by the way, here at Cavens Construction. Take a break. Come back. One more segment. All of your texts on the way next here on The Ref. All right, we are back here at Cavins Construction. Mike Steely on location. Parker back in studio. Riverwind Casino, some great promotions happening uh, right now for November. Check them out online at riverwind.com. They have over 2,800 electronic games, all your favorite table games, great poker room. We have Beats and Bites, the outdoors 
Bedlam uh, Beats and Bites coming up Friday night, November 18th, with the Eli Young Band and Wade Bowen. Tickets are only 5 bucks at the box office and at Riverwind.com. And uh, get on the website again at Riverwind.com and find out how you can use your wild card to win just by getting some points on your wild card a set of JBL wireless earbuds because you've got a great opportunity to do that. They are going to be giving those away to people who are able to get 500 points on their wild card, their Riverwind wild card. Now, over the next couple weeks in the electric earnings promotion, and that is happening this November. It just started uh, again, get 500 points on your wild card, and you will receive a pair of JBL wireless earbuds, courtesy of our friends at Riverwind Casino. Another reason why uh, they are simply the best. All right. Uh, you may have seen last night Stand Up for Cancer. Uh, you know, a lot of the players, uh, you know, uh, before the game, uh, for the World Series last night, which the Astros won 5 to nothing on that combined no-hitter, but Trey Mancini uh, first baseman outfielder for the Astros on his card where everybody's holding a card. They're standing up for somebody who has cancer. Trey Mancini had Ryan Miner's name on his placard. And he goes back with Ryan Miner. And if you haven't heard, Ryan Miner, it was announced recently that Ryan Miner uh, was diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. If you follow Damon Miner, uh, and I believe our buddy uh, Eddie Radosevich, uh tweeted this out also recently. I think it was last night, by the way. Eddie put out there the GoFundMe link. Uh, and a lot of people have given. I've given. If you're a Sooner fan, you saw Ryan Miner. You loved uh, him as a Sooner and as a person. Um, obviously, this is going to be a big fight. Go help with the GoFundMe. Anyway, here's what Trey Mancini said about uh, standing up again for his friend, Ryan Miner. Yeah, unfortunately, my low-A manager, his name's Ryan Miner. He played for the Orioles, um, you know, when, whenever he played. He actually was the one who um, played shortstop when Cal Ripken um, ended his streak. Um, he was my low-A manager in Delmarva, and he was unfortunately just diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer, um, same kind of cancer I had. Um, and I spoke to him um, um, I texted him a couple days ago, and, and he got back to me. So I've been talking to him and, and um, just wanted to let him know I was thinking about him, and, and I, I know what he's going through. So uh, I'm going to write his name on my card tonight. There you go. Again, uh, Trey Mancini has been through it, uh, fought a battle, and uh, Ryan Miner has one, and he could use your help. So uh, Damon Miner sent out the leak. Uh, you can find the link to Ryan Miner GoFundMe. Uh, link. I have it. I had it pinned, but if you scroll through my uh, uh, Twitter page, you should find it as well. All right, uh, Parker, before we get out of here, we've got time for a few more texts. You want to get a few in? Oh, man. People people continue to chime in on Josh Heupel. Uh, apparently, TJ also said he got big-timed by Josh Heupel. I didn't catch that, but glad like TJ, TJ Perry? Yes, yes, TJ Perry. Um, really? Yes. The, okay, here we go. Here's a listener that says, I love what Heupel did for OU as a player since I was a 16-year-old at Norman High when they won the title in 2000. That said, I worked on the staff with Heupel in 2006, and I can confirm the comments others have made about him not being the most pleasant person to be around. Hmm. Interesting. Another says, my wife said she met Heupel at an OU campus party. 
and they left to go get fast food. She said he was nice. That was her only interaction as she didn't go to school there. Wait, so uh, this guy's wife back in college made like a run for the border to Taco Bell with Josh Hyper I was, or something? I was thinking Whataburger. But, uh, okay, yeah. Yes. Well, I don't know. Maybe back in 2000, uh, I don't know if that Whataburger was there then, was it? Maybe it was. Classic 50s? Classic 50s, a pretty good choice. What was what was the one you worked at, Steely? It wasn't Classic 50s. It, it was, was uh, Boomerang. Boomerang. Yes, until they, they fired me there, of course. Uh-huh. Got fired at Wendy's, and I got fired at Boomerang. Closed out of buns, fa- right? That closed out of buns. Hey, there was an OU Texas party later that night. I was able to watch the game, but then I had to report for um, fast food. To, well, not fast food at the old Boomerang on Lindsay, but we decided, you know what? We're going to close this puppy down and go to that party. So they had a marquee, and I just changed the letters, said closed out of buns. Sorry. One more from the text line. This 918 listener says, I know how to potty train Steely's dog. Just put down a pad and tape a picture of mule shoe in the middle. And there's an idea right there. I I like that idea. Are you going to do it? You wouldn't be the person to do it. Oh, yeah. I, I, I might. I might. I'll take a picture. I won't take, like, a video of the act or anything, but I can take a picture if I do it, let you know. Okay. Hey, it's always great to be out here at Cabin's Construction. By the way, so T.J. Perry got big-timed by Josh Heupel. I mean, he's T.J. Perry. T.J. Perry should be doing the big-timing in that situation, right? Wow. You guys, you may get a few more texts, I would think, on that topic um, during Locked In coming up here in uh, just a couple minutes thanks to gary and the crew here at cabin's construction duke my number one dog well besides our four but duke is a great dog out here and we want to thank the seth wadley auto group in paul's valley great deal in a car truck suv used vehicle at the seth wadley auto group with a great guarantee we'll see you